True Story, a documentary video and podcast interview series, almost everything you ever wanted to know about Eastern European documentary film. In-depth interviews, analysis, field reports, live events, and much, much more with your curious and enthusiastic hosts, Ivona Remundová and Nicole Jennifer Edelman. This series is brought to you by the Institute of Documentary Film in Prague and Film New Europe. Hello, hello. No, I'm talking, I'm talking, I'm talking. You Wonderful. Now I can hear you through my headphones. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, okay. I, yes, I can hear you. Lovely to have you with us. I'm Nicole, calling you from True Story. And we have Tomasz Wolski, the writer and director of Ordinary Country. I'm very excited to speak with you today. Thank you for joining me. And my first question is, how did you come to obtain this footage that made this film? I understand it was quite a complicated process. Yes, because before before that film, I was making some kind of uh, cinema verite kind of uh, documentary films and I was a little bit tired of this kind of uh, working and I need something to refresh and I told myself either I will stop shooting documentaries or I will find another way to tell stories mm. and um, because I, I need some, some refresh and uh, that was the time when uh, in Poland the right-wing party came in charge and there was a lot of, uh, you know, talking about conversation about previous times, about communistic times and about uh, cooperation with uh, Secret Service. And Lech Wałęsa co- uh, was accused of cooperate, cooperating with Secret Service officers. So and there, there were a lot of young people who were saying, you know, they were very sure what they were talking, even though they about that time, even though they were not living uh, in communistic times. What year is this, just so I have a frame of reference? It was 2015. Mm-hmm. And that was the time I was starting to work with the, the documentary. It took me more than four, four years. Uh, but uh, coming to the point that I was uh, talking about, that these people, I was, I was surprised that the young, people younger than me, that, for example, they wouldn't cooperate with uh, Secret Service, even though they didn't know what does it mean. And, you know that your you could lose your job. You could your wife, your husband could lose the job. Your kids couldn't go to the to the good schools or to the high schools, and uh, that 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 would be very problematic if you reject cooperation of secret service. And I was thinking, okay, maybe these these people do not know what this. The communistic times were. Mm. Even me, I don't know. I mean, I was twelve when communistic country was over here in Poland. So, you know, my childhood wasn't, you know, on a barricade or fighting with a, with a, 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 a militia. Mm-hmm. Um, I was completely in a different world. So I, I also wanted to go to the journey to the past, to, to be more assured what happened uh, uh, that day. So uh, I decided to go to the, uh, to the archives, mm-hmm. uh, to the Institute of uh, Membranes in Poland. And uh, I started to dig in the archives, you know, but not to, to, to find the archives, not about the famous politicians that were followed by Secret Service. But my, my goal was to find if there that was the time when I was starting to digging. If there are any 
footage or materials about, let's call it, normal, ordinary people, mm. or maybe about ordinary situation, I don't know, in kitchen, with kids, uh, you know, the normal stuff that happens everywhere. Tomasz Wolski is a member of the Guild of Polish Documentary Directors, the Polish Film Academy, and the European Film Academy. He is the director of the short film Daughter, Grand Prix at Angers Première Plan, and the director, editor, and cameraman of 13 documentaries awarded at many international festivals, including the Los Angeles Film Festival, Palm Springs Film Festival, Punto de Vista, and more. I, I thought that would be interesting, that, that there might, that they might be a parts of the recordings or the, these archives that shouldn't be interested, uh, that should be in a, this part that, that, was inter- that the Secret Service was interested. They, they, mm-hmm. they, they didn't. I, I, I'm thinking that they, do not, they were not interested in uh, how you make a zoop, for example, or you, yeah. your fight with, uh, with, your, with your husband about children. And for me, that was interesting because that was some kind of step into the privacy because that was the information that could be used against you, even though there are nothing special. Yes, that was one of the things that I found most interesting about it is that these seemingly innocuous moments, the Secret Service seemed to find very important, you know? So before we get into that, though, as a Pole and as a filmmaker, how does the footage make you feel? I mean, I'm sure you looked at a lot of footage. You chose the footage that we see as an audience member. And when you look at it, without putting too much on it, how does it make you feel? How did it make you feel when you first looked at it? You know, that was really hard feelings. I mean, because Mm -hmm. you have this... uh, you know that uh, this these people were shot without knowing it, mm. and that someone was following them. And no, it, it was like digging. At, I mean, it, it somehow it was like digging in some private lives that people that were not aware. Some of them were not aware. They are followed by the secret service. The camera is following uh, them, or the mic is recording. So I feel terrible at the beginning. And mm-hmm. even though uh, when I start to edit this film, and uh, of course I, I get used to this. It's, it's a normal situation. It's the same when I was shooting a documentary in the hospital. I get used to this, you know, pictures that I was shooting. When, I, when you edit and when you look your, through your, your footage, you, you, you get used to this. I don't know, there's people that normally you just you know, turn around and mm-hmm. look at this. So that was the same situation here. But when we watched some uh, editing with my producer, Amaga Vita, she didn't like it at all. I mean, not the film, but the whole general feeling that she has was like, oh, I, uh, I don't know, I sh- uh, maybe I shouldn't watch this. Film New Europe is one of the top news publications for film professionals around the world with news about 18 countries delivered to its audience daily. Join the network of Europe's most successful film professionals at www.filmneweurope.com. That was challenging because, you know, we want to make a film and want to make a film about something special, about special situation that happened and to tell maybe to, to make some kind of warning 
for mm. for for the other uh, for for future for all for present times. So you know, I had to deal with my ethical uh, problems, and I made a, some kind of statement for myself that I will avoid situation that someone that is that was shot that days can be recognized today. So what does the title mean to you as a Pole, as a filmmaker? You know, there is a title, An Ordinary Fascism. But for me, of course, it's, I, I didn't want to go that way. But for me, it was like orda- an ordinary country is like, first of all, it's about an ordinary life mm-hmm. that was uh, followed by Secret Service about ordinary stuff. And I treat this ordinary as a in opposition. That wasn't ordinary, that wasn't normal. So that's somehow provoking in, in some reason, in some reasons uh, uh, title, an ordinary country. That wasn't an ordinary country. I understand completely. And that leads me to my next question, this normalcy. While I was watching, I was overcome with both disgust and disdain, as well as the knowledge that nowadays, here in 2020, um, I'm recording you as we speak, you're recording your audio, we're doing it for ourselves. Um, We share what we eat for lunch, we share the most banal activities. How do you feel about that, knowing that you made a film about banal activities and here we are in a time of surveillance, but we are choosing it willingly. Yeah, you know, I never treated this film as a historical. For me, you know, this is some kind of costume, like a historical costume to tell something else. I didn't want to just tell a story what happened, I don't know, 50 years ago. For now 20 years, the Institute of Documentary Film has been helping documentary filmmakers and their audiences to discover and uncover a wide range of topics, from important social issues to intimate stories of interesting people. Documentary is no longer perceived as merely descriptions of reality in distant cultures or animal life. Documentary film has become a key catalyst of critical social change, reflecting human challenges and identifying laws or cultural rules that no longer apply while deepening the artistic practice of filmmaking. From the beginning, for me, this film was about the present times you know, about our privacy, that we lose our privacy, that we are doing, we are, we are making ourselves, but also it, that it is so easy that Secret Service cannot follow us right now. When you look at the film and you see how they filmed, what they filmed, and you think about this, what kind of equipment they had that time, you know, big cameras, uh, big <laughs> mic- microphones, and if you imagine uh, what can the Secret Service can do now, they do not need any camera. They do not need any microphone. You know, the, the camera and microphone is here. Absolutely. And you have it in your pocket, I have it in my, my pocket. When we, come, when we talk to each other, there are two cameras, there are two microphones. And people are not sitting in front of some, you know, like a big, big panel of uh, audio stuff. They are sitting, you know, in front of the computer and clicking, you know, the buttons. 
and we are recorded. So it's, uh, of course, there, there is something that we, you know, in on Instagram or Facebook, we, we put our privacy there. Mm-hmm. That's, that's problematic, but I think that's problematic for us. Uh, I mean, the, the people who remember the times without the Facebook, mm-hmm. there were those times, we see the difference. And for me, it's not so easy to, you know, to share my private life online. But, you know, you do it yourself. You know, I just want to say one thing because I was really wondering how to tell the audience that this film, I wasn't sure that that will be, uh, you know, that will uh, read the film, the audience will read, read this film as a, um, as a story about the present time. Uh, so I was, I was wondering Maybe I should I should do edit some jump from the past to the present times to to to, to tell people to, to tell audience yes this is about present times but then I realized mm. you know I think the audience is very smart and yeah. uh, I'm doing for the smart audience people uh, if they will know what I'm talking about they will see through this uh, uh, historical archives uh, footage. Absolutely. And again, I'll use my own experience. I remember when uh, street photography came out, meaning big poles with a camera around to look at a neighborhood, and it really felt threatening. And here we are, and I can you can see footage of faceless, nameless people, million, you know, many, many people that are just um, ordinary people being filmed by their government. And for what purpose? You know, because the secret service officers were uh, interested in people who work abroad because they could, you know, bring some money that was illegally. And they were interested in journalists because mm-hmm. they have a connection with uh, abroad. So they were, they were really afraid of abroad, especially West, of course, because we were um, under, you know, big influence of Russia. Mm-hmm. That time, so they were our friends, and the mm-hmm. West were our enemies. So you know, they're protecting the government and the secret service were protecting us from our enemies. So people who had who had contact with enemies on the West, they were suspicious. I know, and the way that the footage is framed. Everyone within the frame looks criminal. The way that they frame looks criminal, you know, which I think is really interesting. And, you know, it brings up other things for me. There have been many laws that have been unethical. You know, slavery was legal for years. It doesn't mean that it makes it right. And I know that we know this. You just bring up the topic in an astute way, allowing us to meditate on where we've come from and how we would like to move forward and how we are also um, perhaps engaging in some of these behaviors still. Uh, the, there are some scenes of police brutality that are quite intense and are reminiscent of current times. When I was editing this, I was thinking about as I were a fisherman, like mm. you put a nest somewhere. That's the beginning of the film. So the, uh, uh, the Secret Service is following, you know, on the street, in the shops, 
here and there and then, and then they found some something they found someone mm-hmm. so they caught the fish and you know what do you do with the fish at the end you have to kill it so you know it's uh, I want to show that uh, it's it, it doesn't it, it wasn't just uh, uh, you know watching other people by the camera or with uh, recording by the microphone. It was dangerous because they could became a victims. I mean, not mm-hmm. the secret officers, but the people that were watched. And even for me, every for, for example, there's a scene about illegal petrol station. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, old big trucks come. And they take the fuel out of the, the trucks and, you know, and then take it to the others. And um, I was wondering, okay, if it's uh, still a topic of my film, because that was illegal, as you said, like a slavery. That was yeah. illegal that time. Uh, because, uh, you know, you, you couldn't buy, you have to have the cards to buy, uh, I know, chocolate. You couldn't just go to the to the shop and buy chocolate. You have to have like special cards, and then you could buy only one piece of chocolate. Or you had to, it was the same for a fuel. So people were avoiding this regulation because they, they want to travel, they want to go somewhere, they want to work, whatever. So I was thinking that it's it's my topic of film that that people want to have a better life, and it tells a lot about that time. And that was illegal, and they were criminals. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean I do not treat them as a criminals. I treat them as a people who really want to make their you know life better because the government was not not you know able to do this. Well, you ask a very important question, and I think about this a lot. What makes a criminal? Who and what are we framing with that language? We all need to come to terms because, again, there are some uh, legalities that are not ethical, and our human evolution has the ability to look and reframe and try again. And I think that your film really uh, brings that to the forefront, which is really cool. Is there anything currently happening that in Poland that you would say is reminiscent of the citizens' militia? In terms of politics, there's uh, happening a lot of uh, you know things that we, we are really worried about. Um, we cannot, you know, there there is no you know very simple connection uh, between the between the the uh, you know communistic time and present time. But for example, in film there are uh, there are the scene when when they when the, the when the police co- militia police officers uh, comes into the to the room and to you know to check the room and they found the Playboy magazine and gay magazine. Yeah, and. Um, that was the, 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 the something that, that, that they were interested. I mean, if they found you, you are gay, they could sabotage you. And what is happening now in Poland, you know, the LGBT you know, community do not have a good life here right now. Yes, mm-hmm. there's, uh, the, the people, uh, the, the, the politics uh, officially say that they are normal. They are not normal people. So it doesn't change yeah. a lot. In that terms, yeah. Also, for example, there's this, there's a, there's a one scene, but I cut it over three scenes. Uh, this interrogating, interrog- that the officer interrogates 
man who uh, had a mistress. Mm-hmm. And he has a wife, he has a mistress. It doesn't say anything, and no, it says a lot about uh, Poland at the time, but I think that's the way the uh, Secret Service works. They blackmail mm-hmm. you, they, they find something that can use against you. And that's, you, you can see the process of it. And it happens everywhere with the uh, Secret Service, not only in the communistic uh, times, not in, uh, in uh, communistic uh, countries, but everywhere. Do you have other projects you'd like to share with our listeners? I'm just working on the, uh, right now, I'm f- finishing editing the other film that is based on archives. Mm-hmm. And it tells about some events that happened in 1970 in Poland, because that was uh, that was a time that before the Christmas, two weeks before Christmas, the government increased the prices uh, for food, for everything, but especially for food, 23 percent. And workers didn't agree, and they went to the streets to say, we don't want that. We don't want to, you know, decrease the prices or increase our salary. And what government did, they sent the troops and, uh, and militia. And they will fight, the people who were killed. So, you know, when I watch this footage, it looks like you forget about this in- price increase and you think about, you know, so even that happened in Belarus right now, that people go to the street that do not agree because they, they think that the election, election was illegal or people go to the street because mm, they are like in states that are where what happened with uh, police and, uh, you know, black people that were arrested and killed. So I think that would be the universal story about some revolution that's happening here and there. Tomasz, thank you for your time today. Thank you for sharing an ordinary country. And I look forward to seeing you and talking with you again. Me too. Okay. In person. Yes, in person. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. You too. Thank you.